0: In trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win! Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown!
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And this week, you know, as is, I guess, the case going around the entire NFL, there are a lot of players that will potentially be missing this very important week 15 matchup. Um, We got Packers Ravens. You've got Browns Raiders. You've got Vikings bears um, chiefs and chargers played last night. A lot of games with playoff implications and rosters that are being decimated by COVID and by pretty significant injuries this late into the season. So Perry, I'm, you know, I know you're dealing with a cold yourself. Thankfully it's not COVID, Um, but how how are you feeling uh, yourself and about the rest of this weekend? Oh,
0: I'm just chugging along. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a really interesting, I mean, it's an interesting weekend in general with there being two um, Saturday games now. Um, learned that Thursday night football is leaving Fox. Um, and yeah, the Ravens are, although they're at home, um, they are somehow even more beat up than the Packers are, uh, which I didn't even realize was possible. I think it was you, right, who sent me that, 17 players are on IR, which is literally one-third of their fifty man, 53-man roster. Um, yeah. So it's not like this is going to be a heavyweight matchup between the best of the Packers and the best of the Ravens, but I think the Packers' chances are quite high given how many players are out. Yeah, I mean,
1: 17 players on IR is insane. The Packers have 10, and that feels huge and insurmountable at times and the way that the Packers you know they're finding ways to win despite that is really impressive but so are the Ravens I mean the Ravens are eight and five eight and five and they still have a chance to if not win their division you know at least play for a wild card spot Um, but it's getting it's getting pretty crowded over in the AFC so all of these wins you know really are going to start mattering a lot more. Yeah, Not that they didn't matter all they season. season they're,
0: but. they're crucial. I mean, you watch the Ravens go from the number one seed in the AFC, which was kind of wild that they were even in general, down to what, like a wild card spot now? Um, so, yeah, these are all like must-win games. Whereas for the Packers, um, they're just trying to keep in the race for the one seed. It's just like a very different feeling. guess like yeah. desperation versus like reaching for the top of the mountain.
1: Yeah, The Ravens right now are just trying to hang on to the mountain, which is really kind of a depressing way to look at it. But um, the Packers are also playing for the NFC North this week. If they win or tie and the Vikings lose or tie – then the Packers will be NFC North champions. And we obviously kind of felt like that was a foregone conclusion midway towards the season, the way that the Packers are playing compared to the rest of the division. But it is something that Green Bay will be playing for. It'll be kind of fun on Sunday evening to see pictures of the guys sporting new she- new t-shirts if it does shake out that way um, in Baltimore on Sunday.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think regardless of what happens on Sunday, I mean, I have been in the camp For a while that the Packers are likely going to win out the rest of the season just feels like that's where they're headed. But even if not, like they have this division on lock that there is like a very, very small possibility that the Vikings can muster up some kind of run to overtake the Packers at this point. Being ten and three um, to take the division, and that's why I'm, what I mean by saying like they're reaching for the top of the mountain, they're past the point of thinking about the division. They're now looking like we want the playoffs in the NFC to go through Lambeau Field. Like that's where the goal is right now.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it, even if both teams were at full strength, <clears throat> the Packers have done enough against mobile quarterbacks this season that I think I would feel okay. You know, the way they contained Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, but. Or,
0: I want to ask you then about that okay. because I was thinking I, I felt similarly until obviously Kenny Clark is going to be out for this game, which is a huge, huge piece of this Packers defensive front.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I th- I think the interesting thing about Tyler Huntley potentially playing is that there's not a lot of tape on him, you know, like there's, you don't really get a good assessment of who he is. I know he had one start this season. He finished the game against the Browns. Um, his one win actually came against Chicago, which is kind of funny, but Yeah, I mean, I just think that this team as a whole is so beat up. Lamar Jackson was leading the team in rushing yards. Like, he was their leading rusher um, going into, you know, this late into the season. I think the other running backs are, like, 500 and 400 yards combined, and he's at, like – almost 800 himself the entire offensive line is beat up I think three other starters weren't practicing this week and a couple of their backups are limited or not practicing so I think all of that kind of plays a role and yes Kenny Kenny Clark is one of the biggest I think losses you can get on the D line right now but knowing that the offensive line for the Ravens is as beat up as it is I think TJ Slate and Dean Lowry Preston Rashawn those guys will be able to get enough push
0: yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do think that this is going to be a little bit of an easier matchup um, from a from a trenches standpoint. Um, I just do find it interesting, right? Like, for with most backups, you're thinking about, and I think this is under the assumption that Lamar is not going to play. He didn't practice all week. He still could, right? He's one of those players that I wouldn't be surprised if he just showed up on game day and was out there. Um, but if it is Tyler Huntley, like you said, It's one of those rare instances where the backup is just like a 2.0 version of the starter, right? So they have Tyler Huntley in there, who's actually Lamar's um, teammate in high school. And the Ravens can run their entire offense basically virtually the exact same way with Tyler Huntley as they can with Lamar Jackson. Now, of course, Lamar is so much more dynamic. um, So I think that gives the Packers an edge, right? Because they're scouting essentially the same team, regardless of who's under center,
1: Yeah, I agree. And you know, it it is kind of unfortunate for the Ravens that as they're getting more and more banged up, the Packers are arguably getting healthier. Losing Billy Turner was significant, but Dennis Kelly came in and played really, really well. David Bakhtiari, I don't think he, I don't think he plays this week. I think maybe Christmas, he comes back. Same with Jair. I think getting them back this week is a little bit rushed, but you know, the Packers are almost on the upswing as far as the injuries and the players they're getting back. Um, EQ, I know, probably won't play because of a concussion. Dominique Daphne is injured. But as far as, like, starters for the Packers, I think Kenny Clark is really the only big one missing right now.
0: Yeah. And, again, I think, like, look, you never want to not have Kenny out there, but it's not like it's an injury. Hopefully he's healthy and he'll test positive and and get through this COVID protocol safely, and then he'll be back. Um, so, not to, I hate to ever say that COVID is a best case scenario because it absolutely is not. And we have no idea how it's going to affect these players long term. but I think in the football landscape, um, we're not losing Kenny for any like extended period of time. And that's what the positive takeaway is from this. Um, plus, like you said, Rashawn and Preston have been kind of lights out really the last couple of weeks and getting insane amount of pressure, um, Uh, on opposing quarterbacks and I think the key for this game really with someone as mobile regardless of if it's Lamar or Tyler Huntley is um, just gap integrity right like staying in your lanes and keeping that quarterback in the pocket Um, it's gonna take I know Rashawn does a lot of like speed and power rushes inside where sometimes he kind of doesn't realize how powerful (laughs) he is and like overshoots the quarterback like he can't do that this game because they're just going to take off and run for it.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that's really interesting about this Ravens team is they're not very good on third down conversions, but they're first in the league on fourth down. Like, and John Harbaugh is a really aggressive head coach. I mean, he he's always been that way. Um, I think they're converting like 70% of their fourth downs, they're like 12 of 17 or something. So they do go for it quite a bit. And then when they do, they're pretty successful at it. So I think the key, whether it's Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley, like you said, is just make them work for it. If it's third and short, you know, there's a good chance that they're going to go for it on fourth and short. If it's second and long, third and long, and you can get them in those situations where they're forced to potentially Throw some turnovers or make you know mistakes because I think with Tyler Huntley as such a young quarterback, that is something that the Packers will have to to keep in mind. Given the way that they've turned things over the last couple of weeks, um, or forced turnovers the last couple of weeks, I think that's that's huge. It's just yeah. especially knowing the f- the field position, right? The Ravens are the best team in the NFL on special teams, so. Gotta make them work for their yards. You can't just let them start at midfield the entire game. Number one versus
0: number 32. Ho ho ho, ladies. The holidays came early, not only for you, but also for your man here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched launched new products that your man will actually use, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give the man in your life the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this season. Go to manscaped.com and use code PWSS20 for 20% off and free shipping.
1: Hairy jingle balls are a thing of the past with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin safe technology. Candy cane balls are no more. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. It's like a gift to yourself with less mess. Their hygiene bundle also comes with a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxers that'll keep his junk feeling fresh all day. The perfect package for his perfect package. Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products, so get you, uh, your man, your dad, your brother, and all your friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code pwss20 at manscaped.com. Every guy has Manscaped on their wish list, so get him the products he'll actually use this holiday season.
0: Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWSS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PWSS20. Get your man a gift you'll both enjoy, the gift of Manscaped. Um, Yeah, let's talk about some of their weapons because... I think obviously when you think of this Ravens team, you think of Lamar Jackson immediately. It's just like the Packers. You think about Aaron Rodgers, it's a franchise quarterback situation. But I think the Ravens have just like a really interesting set of skill position players that, right? Like Hollywood Brown is not quite a number one. Like, I think that he's a really like wonderful and dynamic and speedy receiver, but he's not really that like true. One, honestly, the most dynamic pass catcher in this game is going to be Mark Andrews, the tight end. Um, so that's, of course, I think going to be a really big test. I think luckily, Packers have Devondre Campbell and others in the middle of the field who can cover a guy like Mark Andrews, and I think that should be the focus. Um, but they haven't been running the ball nearly as well as they have in years past. So I don't know. I, I, I'm i curious about like what the game plan really is going to be from this Packers defense to stop the Ravens offense. Like, are they gonna come out in the typical base nickel look like they have the last couple of weeks that have worked? Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean heavy um in the box to stop the run, but then that leaves those other guys open. So I don't know, I think it's gonna be an interesting test for Joe Barry.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the game plan, like I'm a DC, but I mean, I think that the way to approach this game is to make them, make them pass because I think we've seen enough from the run defense, still not allowing a 100 yard rusher. Um, I think it was, uh, Taylor Heineke that got the closest this season at like 94, 95 yards to, you know, eclipsing, uh, 100 yards rushing. But I, there, I think you have to make them one dimensional and make them kind of lean to the air for a lot of these yards. So I think, I think nickel makes a lot of sense, especially without Kenny Clark, but I'm excited to see TJ Slayton in the middle and see what he can do with more reps because we, he's looked good so far, but you know, he's kind of been called on in spot duty as opposed to potentially getting one of the starts this year or this week.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a big moment. And I think, I mean, the whole theme of the season has been when, given opportunities, those depth position players have stepped up. So don't want to say that expectations are high, but expectations are high. And I I think that's a fair um, assessment to have because this team is, this Packers team is just, I think, very well coached and very well trained because in these moments, it is those players that end up making impact plays or just are solid when need be. Um, So it's just excited to see what TJ Slayton looks like. Um, with more reps.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, going back to something you said on the Twitch recap earlier in the week, there's a lot of players on this team that I think were just forced to play too many reps last season. Like Tyler Lancaster is really good in spot duty. You don't want him to be one of your starters on the, on the defensive line, but if he can come in in spurts when he's fresh like, he's, he's not going to be a Kenny Clark every down guy, and that's okay. We talked about this with Henry Black, you know, having maybe Chandon Sullivan get some looks there when Jair comes back. When some of your players have to play less, it could still be a developmental thing, too. But putting your guys in, I think, the best position to be successful also includes their snap count. And it's really okay. easy to look at guys like TJ Slayton even could be an example of this where, you know, you can nitpick, but when they're not, you know, some guys are just at their best when they're playing 30%, 40% of snaps and not 80.
0: Right. Or they have to take the time to build up into being an every down guy, or they're just not an every down guy. And that's um, just what their role is meant to be. Um, let's flip it. Okay. Because I think this Ravens defense is very interesting. And I think you mentioned as well that Calais Campbell is not playing. Not practicing, Yeah. Not practicing, which is, I mean, obviously their best player on that side of the ball. I think their secondary is essentially all backups at this point. There's two starting corners are on IR. Um, To me, this feels like a very beatable defense for this Packers offense who are like really starting to hit their stride.
1: I agree. And I think, you know, the Packers have one of the best running back tandems, if not the best in the NFL and AJ Dillard and Aaron Jones. We talked about it again on Twitch and on Twitter this week, just kind of, you know, the the stats that they're putting up, the two of them has been really impressive. They're both hovering right around 600 rushing yards. They both have uh, multiple receiving touchdowns. So that makes this offense really dynamic, even without Randall Cobb. I think we're going to see a lot more Alan Lazard in the slot. Um, I think MVS is going to have some opportunities to burn the secondary deep, which is really exciting as well. There's just, it, it feels like a mismatch, this Packers offense having to go up against this Ravens defense, because I mean, Lamar Jackson has been the strength of the team the last couple seasons anyway. So the fact that now, you know, you're talking about losing your best pieces on both sides of the ball, it just, it makes it an uphill battle for this Ravens defense.
0: Yeah. Could not have said it better myself. Um, I mean, even with Rogers not practicing, I think we've seen the last couple of weeks have been his best games of the season. So I don't know what they're doing with him to prepare for these games, but um, it's just it's working. And um, there was some back and forth last night. Um, we're recording this on on Friday morning, so Thursday night during the game with um, a couple of jokes about Rogers that I thought were funny but also poignant in a way, talking about, you know, just what he can do with his mind. I think there was a um a pass that Patrick Mahomes made where he a defender kind of vertical jumped up and, and intercepted it. And um someone tweeted out like if that was Aaron Rodgers, right? He would have known the vertical jump and and put the ball just <laughs> above, you know, where where a defender couldn't get it. And I know that there those are jokes, but I wanted to touch on it because I do find that one of the every quarterback has like a very unique skill set they don't become franchise quarterbacks without it but I think one of the things that I realized is that Rodgers has a very we know he has an insane memory right like he banks everything inside of his brain um but it's his his ability to match his physical abilities with that brain and the processing time is just unlike any other quarterback I've ever seen. And I think it's like the last couple of weeks with some of the passes that we've seen, especially like that one to Jones comes to mind, right? The throw to Devonda Adams, all the tight windows, like that processing for him is still there. And I think when you're going up against the defense, like the Ravens who don't have their starters. And I think like if Marlon Humphrey, et cetera, were out there, I'd feel differently, but I just see no way that Aaron Rodgers and Devonda Adams can't, Almost single handedly um, over just completely overtake this team between what they're able to do um, in such a finessed way.
1: Yeah. And I do want to talk about this a little bit just because it feels like every week the Packers are on the cusp of breaking some sort of record. Last week against the Bears, Aaron Rodgers set the franchise record for most touchdowns, obviously surpassing Brett Favre, which is exciting for him. You know, he talks a lot about how much that rivalry means to him. Um, And then going into this week, I mean, he's got the rest of the season to do it, but Rodgers needs four touchdown passes to take sole possession of the franchise record, 443 touchdowns um, for the quarterbacks. Right now, Brett Favre has 442. So three this weekend would tie it. uh, Four would take that record. And then I I just think this is kind of funny. 65 of those touchdowns were to Jordy Nelson. Devontae Adams right now is at 64. So if he gets one or two touchdowns this weekend, he will uh, take the number one spot as being uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, primary Mm -hmm. touchdown target, which is kind of cool.
0: That's crazy. Because when you think of Rogers' like favorite target, you automatically think about Jordan. You Duncan, think Jordan but it really has become Devonte Adams in the last couple of years. And I
1: mean, I think we're we're at the point where and I think Devonte kind of feels it too. Like the numbers he's putting up, not only will they have a place in Packers franchise history for a really long time, but if he continues on the trajectory that he's on, you're talking about a gold jacket. And I think Devontae right. is feeling that too, because he's mentioned it in his pressers, and it's something that we didn't hear from him you know, even a couple of seasons ago, this was all very new to him as far as like, you know, that being a possibility.
0: I was listening to, I actually think it was Mina Kimes podcast. So surprise, surprise, friend of the show, um, Mina, friend Kimes. Of the show Mina Kimes, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were talking about all the weaknesses of each of the playoff teams this week, um, and the only one that they could think of for the Packers was special teams, naturally. Yeah. Um, which I think if you're thinking about, like, if you're going to have a weakness, it's probably the one that you want. Um, because the other two phases are so much more important. But they were talking about how what Devontae Adams is doing right now with Aaron Rodgers is Hall of Fame worthy. Like, if he has maybe one more season in him at the level that he's playing, which you imagine he has multiple, at least a full contract's worth, Um, That's straight to the Hall of Fame. I mean, what he's doing right now is on par with some of the best um, in the business, right? Like, he could potentially reach close to 2,000 yards in a season. No one has ever even gotten close. Only Jerry Rice and um, Calvin Johnson have. Like, the names in which he is being talked about in those circles, like, those are all Hall of Fame players. And I think we get so used to, oh, Devontae Adams, another 100-yard, two-touchdown day, okay. And then you don't stop to think about like, that is so abnormal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of my favorite parts um, from his presser this week is when he got called for OPI, which he said like never happens. And he made the joke about how, you know, if you found the CB's body somewhere, he wouldn't be a suspect because he just does not put his hands on opposing defenders because he doesn't need to. Like that's, you know, one of the key elements of his game. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, I think we take a lot of this for granted because of Aaron Rodgers, but just kind of marveling at the way his career is going. And I think, you know, even not to completely like derail this and talk about the future. I'm kind of under the impression that Rodgers and Devontae both come back next season, but we can talk about that in the off season and not worry about it right now. But like you saw the numbers that Devontae put up, Brett Hundley, like he was Brett Hundley's guy when Aaron Rodgers was gone. So if he goes play with Derek Carr or Jordan Love or whatever his quarterback situation is like I feel like Devontae Adams as a player is so special that he'll be able to put up these kinds of numbers even without Aaron Rodgers
0: throwing him the football I turn to that season a lot when I think about what makes Devontae special because it's very easy to call out the quarterback when it comes to a wide receiver's productivity and say well Aaron Rodgers is the best to ever do it so he's going to make anybody look good but not anybody can also play at that level with a backup quarterback who is not a starter and will never be a starter in Brett Conley and I always think about 2017 when I'm like the in amazing I mean you watch Jordy struggle in that season like if we're gonna make the comparison which I hate doing because they're very different players but you look at the struggles that he had without Rogers. And then you look at like Devontae Adams really was the only like bright light on offense that season.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the, the 2017 team wasn't very good top to bottom. So the fact that Devante put up the numbers that he did in a season where he didn't have, you know, he had 885 yards that season only played in 14 games. So if you think about like a healthy Tay, He's he would have probably eclipsed 1,000 yards. And I don't, you feel for him not that any of this matters long-term, but the fact that he's had two seasons end with 997 yards just has to be so frustrating from a player's perspective to know that those don't count now as 1,000-yard seasons because you didn't get, like,
0: three or four yards. Yeah. Okay, anything else about this matchup that we feel is noteworthy?
1: Um, I mean, I guess if you're looking at just like fun, random statistics, the Ravens oh, are on a 13 game win streak against the NFC. They have not lost to an NFC team since 2018. Wins of Darius Smith was still on the Ravens.
0: That's pretty wild. Well, we're going to break that streak, I think on Sunday. I think so they swept yeah. the rest of
1: the NFC North this season already. So wow. Thank you, Ravens.
0: <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. That's Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I'd be remiss to have a Ravens show without talking about Justin Tucker, the greatest kicker that ever was. Um, so opera singer and opera singer and big trust. Um, (laughs) and so, I mean, that's obviously, um, he is a weapon. You Mm -hmm. mentioned it. They're the best special teams, um, unit in the league. And I think Justin Tucker is obviously the leader of that one, but field goals don't win games against good teams like the Packers. So,
1: so this let's, let's maybe wrap with this because I'm really curious your thoughts on this. The Ravens have played really, really close games all season. There's only been like a handful of games, I think three or four where they have, it hasn't been a one score game. And even as, as she was like two, three points, the the entire NFC North played them within a field goal that the Ravens pulled it out, you know, went to overtime with the Vikings what do you think the score looks like here? Because in my mind, I think it could end up still being a close game just you know, from the nature of really uncommon opponent, special teams, not knowing what you're getting. But at the same time, I, I agree with you that I don't necessarily see the Ravens putting up a ton of touchdowns unless Lamar plays. And I think that's, that's entirely different. But I'm kind of operating under the assumption that Lamar isn't playing this week. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of swapping of touchdowns and field goals.
0: I think I see the Packers defense holding this Ravens offense to 20 points or less. Um, I think they have done a really great job, minus the Bears game, obviously giving up 30. Um, But they've been holding, I think, average, if you take the Bears game, anomaly out of it was like 18 points a game. And without Lamar, I'd be really hard-pressed to see a way the Ravens put up more. Um, And I'm thinking the Packers are somewhere around 30. So I I see it being like a 30-20 3120 kind of game and I know you just said that they play very close games but it just feels very unevenly matched on Sunday.
1: Yeah, if Lamar played and he was healthy because I think that's that's something as well. It's an ankle injury so you're talking about even if he can play, he's not primarily known as being a pure pocket passer. You know, scrambling is a big part of his game. He's taken 38 sacks this season. The offensive line is just not good. So even if he does have to kind of stand in the pocket, you know that he's not going to be able to scramble the way that he normally does, which is such a huge facet of his game. Um, But I still, I don't necessarily, I just don't see him playing. I think if the, if the Ravens are going to make a push for their division or a wild card spot, you need Lamar to get a rest week, which, you know, helps the Packers of course, but you want him healthy for the stretch. I agree. I think the Packers put up 30 plus and I see the Ravens
0: like sub 21. So we are on the same page there. All right. There it is. Those are the picks. Um, now we get to do the rest of the rest of the game picks. Rest of the game. Um, we obviously watched the Chiefs overtake the Chargers Thursday night in overtime. We can debate the overtime rules all we want, but <laughs> Justin Herbert got a full air dose of Aaron Rodgers. Um, poor overtime luck last night without even getting to touch the ball. Great game. Very good game. Great game. Um, lots of division, um, and like kind of interesting matchups this weekend, um, starting with two, like I said, on Saturday, um, in Raiders Browns and Patriots Colts.
1: Yeah, I, there's no way that the Browns can, I mean, if they come out of this game, then I guess give Kevin Stefanski coach of the year, because there's, I think they have now like 22 or 23 players on the COVID list. Um, two quarterbacks. Yeah. They're talking about having like Jake Dolagala, friend of the Packers coming in to be their emergency quarterback. If Nick Mullins can't go. So to me, it's, it's the Raiders.
0: I agree with you. Mostly from a numbers. If it was a full strength slate, like I would choose the Browns in this game easily, but, um, and Patriots Colts, I think is, I mean, unfortunately, I will be at a wedding and I will not be able to watch this game. Um, but this I think everyone should have circled as a huge, huge AFC matchup game because I think the Pats need to continue on their win streak, Um, and the Colts are right in the mix there um, to make a push, but every win matters. So I don't know. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor versus Patriots defense is going to be so fun.
1: Yeah, I am going to take the Colts this week just because I think that You know, they, I think it was their social media actually that stumbled into my Twitter feed that said like, you know, when teams know they're in control of their own destiny, I think it gives you a little bit of added push knowing that you don't need to scoreboard watch if you just take care of your own business. And I think the Patriots obviously are a very good football team, a team that all of the AFC teams should be worried about in the playoffs. But I just, I like the Colts this week. I think their
0: run game is really good. And Michael Pittman is starting to become like a real, a real threat. Um, I also want to take the Colts. I I think they just feel like a dark horse team to me in the AFC. Um, and it it's just, I don't know, just it's hard to root against Jonathan Taylor and Frank Wright. So, yeah. Um, okay, Sunday early, we've got Titans-Steelers. Going to take the Titans. Same. I think that's a pretty easy one. The Steelers are just the wheels are coming off completely. Yeah. Um, Panthers bills. This feels like a game. the bills have to win.
1: Yeah, I think it has to be the bills. If they drop this somehow, you know, better luck next year, I guess. I think I think you need to win this one to stay
0: stay in contention. Um And then we have Washington at Philadelphia taking Washington. Yeah, yeah,
1: they're they're a wild card team right now. I think they're gonna keep the momentum going.
0: Okay. I'll take the Eagles for fun. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, you're beating me in the predictions, so your for fun picks are really panning out for you. Yeah,
0: let's do that. <laughs> I mean, it's the Eagles at home, I think. Um, I don't know. I just – we'll see. Who? Um, what a fun bowl. Uh, Texans, Jaguars. Jaguars. I think that getting rid of Urban is going to give them so much
1: juice. Trevor Lawrence is going to ball out –
0: I agree. I, I have tempered expectations because they're still a bad team, but I think that this is going to be like that win that comes out of um, feeling like they have a more freer locker room environment. James Robinson,
1: uh, four touchdown game incoming.
0: <laughs> right. free <bring> James <laughs> Robinson. Um, all right. Cowboys come to New York to play the New York football giants. Um, I think the Cowboys win this one easily. Yeah. Agreed. Um, same with the Cardinals traveling to Detroit. I would be shocked if anything uh, wild happened in this game. I think the Cardinals win by multiple scores.
1: Yeah, poor Detroit, man. What a rough season.
0: I know. I <laughs> want to root for them so badly, though.
1: I mean, they do us a solid if uh, – just give them a little
0: breathing room, but, you know, don't see it happening. I don't either. All right, the Jets travel to Miami to take on the Dolphins. Um, two teams that are also, like, just bad um, – I think the Dolphins are a little bit better, although Jalen Waddle was just put on the COVID list. Um, unfortunate for me in the midst of my fantasy football playoffs because
1: yeah, we're playing like, two times against each other. This I know, yeah. kind of sucks,
0: <laughs> um, but I have no Jalen Waddle on my team, so but I still think the Dolphins pull this one out.
1: I do too. Brian Flores was you know he's healthy now. Uh, Miles Gaskin is
0: back, so I think it's the Dolphins. Yeah, agreed. Um, Okay, late games are Bengals going to the Broncos. I took the Bengals in this one, actually, Um, even though they were actually like a little favorite as the underdog.
1: I think it's the Bengals. I think the way that the Ravens are beat up, the way that the Browns are potentially going to drop in the Steelers, the Bengals are playing for the AFC North, and it's not that close.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Then we have Falcons going to the 49ers. Um, this could be sneaky fun. Yeah. There's a lot of really
1: talented players on offense going up against each other. I'm taking the Niners. Me too. Another wild card team.
0: They, like I said, I think it's a different ball game now this late in the season when you're playing for your season. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think the Falcons are in the hunt, but likely going to miss the playoffs again where the 49ers have a real shot. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Seahawks go to the Rams Division games are always funky But the Rams are just A better football team and at home Should be able to beat the Seahawks
1: Yeah and the Rams know what they're Playing for the Seahawks are don't Have really I mean they're in the Hunt again but it's it's not the same
0: It's not the same no um, All right we pick the Packers uh, Sunday Night Football is Going to be Saints at Buccaneers It's going to be the Bucks. The rest of their schedule is just, it's a joke. I think they, they, don't they play the Jets
1: next week or sometime in there? They get the
0: Panthers twice and the Saints. And yeah, I think the Jets. (laughs) I
1: hope they drop one. I hope they drop one to the Jets.
0: Yeah, me too. But what are you going to do? And then we got (laughs) our division, the NFC North division matchup, uh, Vikings-Bears on Monday Night Football.
1: Yeah, the Vikings are on the outside looking in, but I think that they can put themselves in a position to snag a wild card spot if Washington drops a couple. So I just, the Bears are not a good football team.
0: I'm actually going to take the Bears in this game. Good. Um, I hope that they win. (laughs) It's Monday night. Kirk is notoriously awful on Monday night football, and it's at Soldier Field. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think the Bears really enjoy playing spoiler. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Bears.
1: It's weird that this is the first time they've played all season, and then they end the year week eighteen against each other. You know, it feels like very week fifteen to have your first uh, division matchup is feels really late. All right, cool. Well, thank you as always for listening to the show. We will be back maybe a little bit earlier next week since we have a Saturday. Christmas game at Lambeau Field after week 15. We'll be back on Twitch to hopefully talk about another Packers victory and they're, you know, holding on to the number one seed. Maybe we'll be able to talk about them clinching the NFC North. Um, You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at PWSS podcast and on Twitch and Instagram at packs, what she said. Thank you as always for listening to the show. Go Paco. Go, Go Paco.